Well, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Good to see all of you this morning. If you have your Bibles, find your place in John's Gospel, John chapter 1, as we continue to consider the wonderful truths that sets our mind on things above, as Brother Steve has led us this morning in singing about the grace of God. We continue to consider together these Sunday mornings, how great is our God? That is our theme uh, that we're looking at these days. And so today we consider this wonderful truth of God's grace, the grace of God. And we come to John chapter 1. And let me remind all of you before we read it together, John uh, is one of the early apostles, one of the first of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, hand-selected, picked by Him as his follower. And now John is writing these words to describe his experience of walking with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so today we're going to read uh, just several verses because I have a number of things I want to say to you today about this wonderful subject of the grace of God. May the Lord bless you for being with us uh, today. And those of you who are watching even some of our dear people who've texted me and let me know you're in the hospital, you can't be here. God bless you. We're glad you're here and with us today. John chapter 1. Would you stand please as we read the Word of God together? John chapter 1. Here we begin reading and we see these words. John describes the Lord Jesus Christ as the Word. That is when Jesus Christ came to this world, He spoke the Word of God. He was the very Word of God. To us, So all that he says, he says to us on behalf of the unseen God of heaven and earth. And the word became flesh, that is Jesus Christ became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then in verse 16. For of His fullness, that is of the fullness of the grace of Jesus Christ, of His fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we stand now today with our copy of the Word of God in our hands, reading these very wonderful, glorious words, reminding us of your great glory, Lord Jesus Christ. You reveal the grace of God. The glory of God is seen. In the Lord Jesus Christ, we honor you, Lord Jesus, for your grace, full of grace. You have shown us grace today. We've experienced grace, and we thank you for it, the fullness of your grace. Reveal to us who, who are so undeserving of anything that you might do for us. We pray that you might take the word of God and encourage us today. We come here with all kinds of emotions and distractions and troubles and joys. So this mixture of all of our emotions, some of us great sadness, some of us great happiness. Lord, we pray that you might help us today to, for just a few minutes, focus and hear the truths that you have for us from uh, our spiritual father, John, about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving grace. Thank you for sustaining grace. Help us to understand your grace in our lives <clears throat> and help us then to be gracious people in all that we do. 
Holy Spirit of God, be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So usually on uh, these times, I, there are so many things you can go to in God's Word and find a lot of different truths to focus on. My focus today uh, is this, that the glory of God is revealed <clears throat> in the grace <clears throat> of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say it again, and I have it here on, for the, on your, for the screen for you. The glory of God is revealed in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I must begin here by asking you some questions. When was the last time, now I'm speaking to my fellow followers of Jesus today, I'm talking to you, I'm not asking for you to consider this about those who live in the world who do not know Jesus, but perhaps this is a good thing for us to ask ourselves today, when was the last time you, you sat before the Lord, you, you went to prayer, you worshiped God, even as we did today in song, and you sung about and thought deeply about the grace of God as it has been revealed to you through Jesus Christ. The grace of God. What is the grace of God? I, better, I might ought to say that. The grace of God is a Grace means undeserved favor. It means that God shows me favor and I don't deserve it. It's not that I gain God's favor because I deserve it. It's because I don't deserve the favor of God. And all that goes with the favor of God, His compassion, His love, His, His forgiveness, His patience with me. All of these things uh, come together. There is this richness and fullness in the grace of God. And grace is undeserved. And only by the grace of God can we be saved. We're only saved by the grace of God. He has favor on us. Regardless of what we've done, some of us come in here with a heavy burden in our lives thinking, can I ever be forgiven of what I've done in the past? Yes, you can. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ, because he died for our sins on the cross. If you will, by faith, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can experience the great favor of God. Grace. The grace of God that saves and the grace of God that sustains. Oh, my Christian friend. What is it that might lift us out of our distraction and our despair and our troubles in these days? It is to look again to our great God and the greatness of His grace. Our, our, the grace that He gives us, we do not deserve. It is an undeserved, kind favor of God. So when was the last time you gave yourself to think about the great grace of God or Perhaps I ask it this way. Why would God be gracious to us when we sin so much? Why would God choose to be gracious to us when we sin so much? Well, here's the good news. It doesn't matter. God is not the way He is based on what I do. God is who He is in His eternal character and His works and His deeds. Not based on my actions, not based on my thoughts. You see, God is going to be a God of grace regardless, regardless of the sinfulness of my life. So the good news this morning is this, that the grace of God stands for all who wish to receive it. The grace of God is extended even to those who don't choose it. We live in a world that experiences the kind grace of God in many ways. The lost 
without Jesus, the wicked who live in their sins, who do not care about God, are experiencing a kind of grace today, a patient grace of God, waiting for them that they might be saved. And what is it that He gives to us who are Christians? He continues to give us His wonderful grace. Why would God be gracious to us when we sin so much? I asked myself that question so that it might cause me to have humility and a depth of honor and glory for the Lord Jesus Christ. Will there ever be a time when God won't be gracious to us? No, because the grace of God is eternal. The grace of God was good yesterday, today, and forever. What do we read in the Word of God? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And who needs the grace of God? Every last one of us need the grace of God. There will never be a time in your life, there'll never be an experience or days in your life when you will not need nor experience the grace of God. So we, we say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. The word became flesh, dwelt among us. We saw his glory. Verse 14, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So I have Three observations I want you to see from verse 14, 16, and 17, if you keep your Bibles open and follow along with me for just a moment. These three observations tell us a great story about the grace of God, the glory of the grace of God being seen through Jesus Christ. You see, the only way I can experience God's God's favor in my life is through coming to Jesus Christ and having a living, personal relationship with Him. So in verse 14, we learn that God's glorious grace is revealed only through Jesus Christ. Gospel grace is only seen through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there are experiences, the, the grace of God is seen all through the Old Testament. But there's nothing like gospel grace. There's nothing like the gospel grace of God that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see first that gospel grace is revealed through the Lord Jesus Christ. Good news grace. The grace that's good news. Secondly, God's glorious grace is given. It's the gift of God and it's given only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally in verse 17, I'll take just a moment and comment on this, that God's glorious grace is experienced only through the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's go back for a moment. We've talked about this before. When Moses had to go before God and pray and ask God to not destroy the nation of Israel that he had just delivered from the Red Sea because they had, uh, they had sinned greatly and worshipped the golden calf, Moses intercedes for them. This is all found in Exodus 33 and 34. And we've, if you've been with us over the months, we've spent some time there in the past. One of the things that happens after Moses intercedes for the nation of Israel, then he prays and asks God something very unique. He says, show me your glory. Show me your glory. What does he mean by that? He, he describes by that that he wants God to show him his character, his nature, the way he works, who he is. He's saying, show me who you are. I want to know who you are. That is the desire of every last believer in this room today. If you truly know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a great desire to grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
What did the Lord himself say? John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that you might know the Father and the Son whom he has sent. You see, to know God and to have a greater and deeper knowledge of God, you know what it'll do? It'll drop your worry and anxiety. When you understand how great your God is, you don't worry. You don't get afraid. You're not fearful. You're not disappointed. You're not discouraged. You must focus your mind's eye. You must think about the glory of our God who is with us and who has given us His grace. So Moses says, show me your glory. And what did the Lord do? God put him in a rock and passed by in front of him. The glory of God passed by in front of him and God spoke his name. He spoke his name to Moses. I'll read it. Exodus 34. The Lord, the Lord God. Listen, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and abounding in truth who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity and transgression and sin. He describes, by the name of God, we learn the ways of God. This is the God of the Bible. This is the God who has revealed Himself through Jesus Christ, a God of compassion. Several weeks ago, I spoke to you about the compassion of God. Now today we speak secondly of the grace of God. What's interesting in these verses before us <clears throat> is the profound difference of what happened when Jesus came. Moses prayed, show me your glory. And God hid him in a rock and said, no one can see me and live. No human can see me and live. But now we read these unbelievable words, John 1:14, and the word became flesh. Jesus Christ became flesh. He became one of us. He became a full, complete human being. He became flesh and He dwelt among us. He lived on the earth. And look at this. We saw His glory. We're reading the words of a man who walked with Jesus Christ physically for many years. Who saw the glory of Jesus Christ. We discover here, my dear friends, that the Lord Jesus is one of us. He came and identified with us, but the glory of God was on this man, Jesus Christ. He was fully God and he was fully man at the same time. And so we saw his glory. We saw his glory. That phrase in verse 14 is so important for us to know. For if you want to know God, you must come to understand who God is through knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. What did the Lord say Himself? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So the glory, we, we saw His glory. And what was, what was it about Him that was so unique? Well, look at verse 14. He was the only begotten from the Father. That is, He's the only one who's come from God to this earth. Fully God, fully man. And then He says, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Something is full. Something is complete. The word full is the idea of complete. He is complete in grace and truth. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ has come to do, my dear friends. He has revealed to us the fullness, the richness, listen, the abundance of the grace of God. We go on and see, secondly, that God's glory and His grace is given only through Jesus. Look at verse 16. This is true for every person who's ever lived 
on the earth. It's true for you today because you have, whether you believe it or not, you have already experienced the grace of God. Verse 16, for of his, that is of the Lord Jesus fullness, we have all received and grace upon grace. Look at that phrase now with me, verse 16, for just a moment. For of his fullness, we have all received a long time before I ever came to know Jesus, before I ever came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I experienced the grace of God. So did you. You experienced the favor of God to let you stay alive even though you were in your sin and wickedness, living far away from God. You experienced the kind grace of God to tolerate and be patient with you while you were still in your sin. And then when you came to be saved, Praise the Lord, someone shared with you about the gospel. Someone told you how to be saved, how to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of your sins and be saved. And you experienced for the first time, you were amazed that God would forgive you of all the things that you had been doing in your life. And you were confronted by a God who extended grace to you that you didn't deserve. And he showed you his favor. And said, I will make you my child, I will forgive you of your sins, and I'll make you a new person. You experience the gift of grace. That's what the Word of God says. For by grace are you saved, that not of yourself, by faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Oh, my dear friend, this morning, have you considered God's favor in your life? You did not come here today deserving it. In fact, most people say when you talk to them and they're honest about their life, I don't deserve anything from God. That's one step from being saved. That's the best place to be is in a place not of pride, but in a place of brokenness and humility to say, I need the Lord desperately in my life. And here we see of his fullness, we have all received Grace upon grace. Listen, this idea of grace upon grace is an interesting phrase. It describes the fullness of God's grace. God's grace is full because it is enriching. It is grace upon grace, favor upon favor. Every day of your life now, as a follower of Jesus, you who were once enemies of God are now favored ones of God. Because of your relationship through Jesus Christ. You receive favor upon favor upon favor upon favor. Oh, how often we ought to go to our knees and thank the Lord for His kind favor. Repeated favor. It's enriching to us. It's renewing. It's grace for grace. Grace upon grace. Favor upon favor. It's continual. I want you to consider this today. Here's how full the grace of God is. It's extended to every person on the planet today at the same time. And there's no lack of more grace on God's part. Everyone is experiencing the grace of God in some way or another. Though they do not know it, many of them, I ask my Christian friends who are here today, when was the last time you bowed your head in worship and honored the Lord for His grace? You see, Romans 2.4 says it perhaps the best way. Listen, do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness? I'm asking you today. Have you thought lightly of the riches of His kindness? Have you, have you been uh, careless in your consideration of God's grace? Listen, 
Romans 2, 4. Do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? That's what we have in the grace of God. <clears throat> what does it feel like when you have, you know you've done something to someone you shouldn't have done? It happens to all of us. And you, the relationship isn't what you want it to be. And you, you're afraid that that person will never, ever give you favor. You know what you did. You know it was wrong. You shouldn't have done it. And yet that person comes and extends not only forgiveness, but they show you favor again. That's the favor of God for you and for me. When I have failed, when I have fallen back into sin, when indwelling sin has risen up again and, and taken control of me and I ask God to forgive me, but I've gone and I've yielded to temptation, but I ask Him to forgive me and He forgives me of my sin. It is a part of His grace, my dear friends. It is this undeserved favor of God that we experience in our lives. And, and then he says in verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace, look at this now, verse 17, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Your Bible may read grace and truth came. The idea is you experience the grace of God. You experience God's favor. And when you've experienced it, you know what? It changes your heart. It changes your mind. It changes your attitude. Because you begin to think, I can't believe that God would forgive me and make me a favored one when I have been such a wicked, sinful person. The grace of God coming. Isaiah said it. This is an Old Testament way of describing the grace of God. He promised the children of Israel when they were in their sin, Isaiah 30, 19, He will be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. He will be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. What must you do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Call to Him. Ask God to give you favor. Ask God to show you favor though you don't deserve it. He will be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, listen, he will answer you. What does it mean to experience the grace, gospel grace of God? It means that you become a child of God. It means that you're a new person <clears throat> in Christ. It means you're reconciled to God. Look, when you didn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you were living in your sin, you're an enemy of God. But when you come to know Jesus Christ and you're saved, you're reconciled to God. You experience peace with God and you experience the peace of God. So much happens when I'm saved. So much happens and it's all based on God's favor in my life. I'm reconciled to God. I'm a new person in Christ. I'm now called a child of God. I now have the Holy Spirit of God living within me to teach me the Word of God. The grace of God brings me all the riches of what it means to be a child of God. So the only way today, my dear friends, that we can understand and experience God's grace is through coming to have a real, meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. And I ask all of you this morning, do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Have you called upon Him? Have you been saved? Have you trusted Him? Have you repented of your sin? Have you come to Him and said, I don't deserve, 
I don't deserve anything from you because of what I've done. And the Lord says, you don't deserve it. But in Jesus Christ, I forgive you. Here, you can be a new person. Your life can be changed. And you can live by the grace of God. That's why Steve led us to sing amazing grace. It's amazing, my friend. It's amazing that God would look past my sin and my wickedness and choose to do something with me in my life and to do something to make me a new person. Well, what do we do with all of these things that I've commented from the text? Just I call them things to remember. I'll do them quickly and briefly and then we'll be on our way. But what is it that we learn about the grace of God today? Well, I, I don't have this on the screen, but I want to start with this statement. It's very important. I want you to think about it. Now, of all these things we've talked about, about the undeserving grace of God, only great sinners rejoice in the great grace of God. Only a great sinner can appreciate the great grace of God. When you've really sinned and you know you're a wicked person, you know that your life isn't what it ought to be, and then you find salvation in Jesus Christ and you discover His forgiveness... Oh, the greater the sinner, the greater the joy of God's great grace. So perhaps today the thing you must think about is this. This is sometimes hard for us to do in our pride. When you bow your head, remember, I have been a sinner. And now if you're saved, I'm a sinner saved by grace. But I still must recognize the only thing that I have that keeps me out of hell is the undeserved favor of God through Jesus Christ. The favor of God comes from the grace of God. I experience favor from the grace of God. Just recently I was with uh, some of our family and some of my sisters and I was reminded, of, because I knew I was going to be preaching on this, I come from a large family. <clears throat> There's one thing that you notice about children. Uh, the kids are always trying to get more favor with mom and dad. They're always, they're always bucking for, you know, they want to get in position to be the favored one out of the family. And so you think about this whole idea of who's favored with God. Oh, all those who come to know the Lord Jesus Christ become favored ones with God. You, if you know the Lord Jesus today, you are a favored one with God. That means when you go to pray, listen. What did the Lord say? What, what man, if his child comes and asks for a fish, gives him a stone? If you, being evil, know how to give good things to your children, how much more is your heavenly Father able to give good things to those who ask? Did you know as a favored one, now you come in the name of Jesus to the Lord and you ask Him for what you need? Guess what? He hears you as a favored one. Salvation from our sin is by God's grace alone. It only comes from that. I cannot earn it. Oh, in this world, this religious world that we live in here in the South, the idea of somehow doing something to earn God's favor. My friend, there's nothing you can do to earn the favor of God. The favor of God is extended to you, not based on what you do, but through the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for you by dying on the cross for your sin. It's so important for us to understand that grace that saves us is grace that sustains us. This is what John means by grace upon grace, grace upon grace. It's the sustaining grace of God. And for many of you who are in here, you've walked with God long enough. You've seen 
over and over again the sustaining grace of God. Aren't you glad for the saving and sustaining grace of God? Is anybody happy to hear that today? The grace of God. I don't deserve it, but He continues to sustain me. Now that I've become a favored one with God, I experience the sustaining grace of God. And oh, as we've said over and over, there is a throne of grace, a throne. A throne represents a ruler, a reign. We are in the reign of grace in these days. This is the day. This is when we tell our friends about being saved. This is when we tell as many as we can about salvation in Jesus Christ. In these days of grace, there is a throne of grace in heaven for sinners. And the Lord Jesus, our great high priest, is there. Go to the throne of grace. Go to the throne where God's favor is extended to all who will draw near and come in the name of Jesus. And finally, God's grace makes, as I've said before, guilty sinners favored saints. There's nothing like the favor of God to warm your heart. So maybe today, so for daily use as we leave, what, what should we do? Maybe here's an assignment for you today for lunch. Sometimes you wonder what you're going to talk about. Well, how about this today? At your lunch time, why don't you just go around and share? Why don't we all talk today a little bit as a family about how wonderful God's grace has been to us? Let's talk about the grace of God. Let's talk about the kindness of God to us. Let's think about where we used to be and where we are now. And the only way we got there is because of the grace of God. Seek God's grace continually in your sinfulness. Don't run away from it. The sinner is welcomed by a gracious God who will come and bring their sinfulness, confess it, admit it, and humble themselves before God. When we do such things, we experience the wonderful riches and kindness of God. And what else must we do? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ for His graciousness every single day, every single hour for all of us. And come as you need grace. And we need it all the time. Come as you need grace. Because the Lord will meet you there. And you will find mercy and help in your time of need. So what does John tell us today? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. Glory as the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. We have all of His fullness received grace upon grace. And the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth are experienced through Jesus Christ. 